to the IFF TV podcast. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the League of Ireland First Division show. I'm Paul Tierney and I'm joined by Paul Neen and Gary Spain. Lads, how are we? All good, Paul. Good. All good. Great to be joined by our host, Paul Tierney. <laughs> big day, big day. Right, we'll kick straight off. We'll start with Gary, your game. UCD won 3-2 against your side, Treaty United, on Friday with a comeback. Do you want to talk us through it? Sure, yeah. I think I've been very lucky in recent weeks. I seem to get the best game every weekend, or maybe it's just Treaty are involved in, in the best games. Yeah, it was it was an absolutely cracking match in the UCD ball. Uh, Treaty definitely started the better side. Um, got a penalty after 10 minutes. The UCD keeper, Larkin Healy, brought down uh, Kieran Hanlon. And uh, Sean McSweeney coolly sent Healy the wrong way from the spot. And... Treaty were more or less the better team, uh, even enough, but they had more or less the, the better chances. And about 10 minutes before half time, uh, Larkin Healy had a bit of a rush of blood to the head. He came out a goal, didn't need to, and a beautiful chip from Kieran Red Hanlon uh, from about 30 yards out. And, and that was 2 0. And it looked, it looked at that stage, Treaty were going to go on and win the game. And a, a big decision by the referee to, to book, only book Evan Weir at 2 0 for a challenge that could very easily have been a red card. Um, it, it was It's close enough. I've watched it back. Certainly, from the biased treaty perspective, it certainly looked like a, a red card offence, but the ref decided it was just a yellow card offence. And then, even more crucially, and Andy Myler talked about this afterwards, that uh, just before half-time, on the stroke of half-time, in added time, uh, UCD got a goal back when Dara Keane, he was, he was set up by Sean Brennan, and he finished... And, and that... Uh, I think got UCD back into the game when really they were out of it in the first half. And uh, started the second half, uh, Treaty again, uh, Kieran Hanlon, who, who had a superb game, uh, headed against the bar. And uh, but straight back down the other end and a couple of goals in a couple of minutes. Uh, first of all, Colin Whelan, who was absolutely superb, he set up Sean Brennan. Uh, to level it, and, and, and I was think was in a minute or two, Harvey O'Brien had UCD ahead, and uh, there was still 35 minutes left in the game, but uh, as Andy Myler even said himself afterwards, UCD were much, much better in the second half, and Treaty never really, a, kind, a couple of flurries near the end, but they never really looked like getting back into the game, so um, a crucial win for UCD, um, it, it sent them top of the table. They're scoring goals for fun. And, and Colin Whelan, even though he didn't score, uh, Andy Myler, I spoke to Colin afterwards, he was delighted with his performance. But Andy Myler actually said it was his best performance of the season. And uh, I can see why. He played really well. And he also took a lot of attention uh, from the treaty defenders, which probably left the space for the likes of Sean Brennan and Harvey O'Brien to exploit. So, um, big win for UCD. Uh, they're gone top. 
a forced defeat for Treaty. There were some mitigating circumstances in that both centre-backs, Sean Gearns failed a late fitness test, and to O'Donnell was suspended. So the team was a bit makeshift. And Mark Walsh, unfortunately, is out for 10 or 12 weeks with a broken jaw from the previous week as well. But um, from a UCD perspective, it was a superb win. They're still scoring lots of goals. And uh, Colin Whelan even though he didn't score, is a real star in the making. He's only 20 years of age. And probably another thing to keep an eye on, Stephen Bradley was actually at the match. And uh, I've no idea who he was watching, but uh, my my money would be on Colin Whelan if there was anyone on the two teams that he went along to see. And uh, he can't help but have been impressed. Yeah, and... uh... You mentioned Colin Whelan, obviously, was the star of the show. Do you think he'd be ready for a step up to the, the Premier Division, whether it's promotion with UCD or a move next year? Yeah, I, in some ways, I, I was surprised, Paul. I think you, you saw quite a bit of him last season as well. Mm. I mean, he was uh, one of their, I'd say, one of their two standout players last season. Now, he's still very young. I think he's only 20. and uh, But he was... Look, he, he looks class and... Uh, might do him no harm to finish the season. It might be a big step up for him to go straight into Shamrock Rovers. But if you look at there's so many top players in this league that have come through the UCD scholarship system, academy, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I know some people have an issue with them. But look, I think it's um, the UCD Bowl is a fantastic place to go and visit, to go and watch a game. And uh, they have a fantastic setup there. And they really look after the players you hear stories about lots of other clubs about players not getting paid properly, players not getting looked after with injuries or anything like that. You never, ever hear about that at UCD, and you never will either. And uh, so from a UCD perspective, the first division perspective, I think they'll they'll certainly hope he'll stay. I'm not sure what his situation is with exams. As I said, he's only 20, I think, so he probably has a couple more years in UCD. I'm assuming he's on a scholarship there. And... uh, but if, if a Premier Division club comes calling in July, um, who knows what could happen. But, yeah, I think he's well capable of playing at a higher level. But yeah. uh, time will tell. Yeah, and uh, we'll just briefly go over uh, Treaty. Obviously, it's your first defeat. Do you think it's going to be a straight bounce back now this Friday? Well, it's a tough one against uh, Athlone on Friday. Um uh, hopefully, well, Atto O'Donnell will be back. It was a suspension. I think Sean Gearns, he, he he had a fitness test on the pitch. So I presume and hope he'll be okay for Friday. So if you get both the regular centre-back pairings, the regular centre-backs back as a pairing, that will certainly help a lot. It'll allow Clyde O'Connell to move back into midfield. Um, possibly Jack Lynch to play in midfield as well then, because uh, Charlie Fleming is back at right back. So it will... I, I think it, it is a a tight enough group in treaty and if you have a few injuries it can make a difference uh i must say callum McNamara actually played very well when he came in for his debut anyway but um i'm hoping with home advantage we can bounce back but at loan have a lot of seasoned regular league of ireland professionals so um it will be tough yeah yeah definitely and uh paul do you have anything to add there on an impressive ucd performance no, not too much because I haven't seen much of their games so far this season. But, you know, I've just seen every game that they're scoring goals freely. And I suppose at the start of the season, I wasn't expecting them to do so well without 
players like Yo Yo Maddy, who obviously was their top scorer last last season. I don't know if he was joint top scorer, but he's definitely top scorer before he moved to Shells. So I thought they would actually miss his goals in the team, but obviously they're not at the moment and they're absolutely flying. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Shells and UCD come up against each other, how that game goes, because Shells aren't really free scoring, whereas obviously UCD are. Um, but I think, look, it makes for a good first division and a competitive first division, so long may it last. Yeah, definitely, I agree. And uh, if you want to watch a couple of the interviews Gary did after the game, we spoke to Colin Whelan and Andy Moyler. You can see them on our Twitter page and Facebook pages now. So uh, we'll move swiftly on to your game, Paul. Shell's got a 1-0 win against that Lone Town, uh, former league leaders at Lone Town. Ryan Brennan with the winner. Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, I think some of the some of the key things were obviously the lineup. I mean, Lukey Byrne coming back in as captain there. I think he brought kind of a, an assuredness back into the team. Then you had um, the way they kind of set up. I mean, Yo-Yo Mali was kind of set up on the left hand side, uh, whereas obviously Michael O'Connor was was through the middle. So it was kind of interesting to see. I think Shells dominated this game. I think probably. Could have had a few goals in the first half and then definitely in the second half. Obviously, Ryan Brennan gets the goal. He did a great bit of work by him. He didn't like some sort of step over and whipped the ball into Brian McManus. He couldn't get control of the ball in front of the goal. And it came back out to, to Ryan Brennan then. He slotted home with his left foot. But um, Shells had hit the crossbar through Yo-Yo Maddy, I think, from a corner. And then uh, Georgie Poynton came on and done quite well. He actually rounded the keeper and squared the ball back to Dale Leonard. Or Dale, or it's not Dale Leonard, um, Dale Rooney, sorry. <laughs> Dale Leonard's a local lad around here, but uh, Dale Rooney uh, hits the post, basically. Um, probably should have scored. Shells could have won this game, I would say, 3 or 4 nil, but we'll take the 1 nil at the end of the day and still, you know, gathering pace towards the top end of the table. And that's what Shells will be looking for, obviously, be looking to top the table come the end of the season. But again, maybe not. Um, goals wise maybe not clicking but definitely you're starting to see signs of shells starting to get um, into gear and defensively look quite solid with Ali Gilchrist and uh, and Luke Byrne in centre back and obviously you know you've got Brendan Clark there in goal who's uh, still could do a job in the Premier Division in my opinion I think he's a, he's a top quality keeper and he'll get shells points this season didn't have a whole lot to do he had one little um, hiccup he would say himself um but it was fine. The ball kind of swerves and whatever way it kind of came to it, then went out, I think, for a corner. Uh, but luckily, it didn't go in the net, so that was the main thing. But uh, Shells will be happy with that. Athlone probably a bit frustrated. They just never really got going in this game. And, you know, they were arguing with each other quite a lot. I was actually behind the goal in the second half with our photographer, Dara. And you could hear, I think it was Jamie Hollywood just, just giving out to Kurt Spurn, just saying, will you just stop moaning and just get on with the game? And just, this was for a quarter, they were marking Shells players and all they were doing was giving out to each other. So they were clearly frustrated and they just they just couldn't seem to get going. James Dooner couldn't really get going either. Um, so, yeah, I just think Shells actually went out with a game plan, probably to frustrate Athlone and try and um, get the result, which they did in the end. But I think now would be key for Shells to start, like UCD, Start scoring goals, winning games 2 3 nil, and letting the goals flow a bit more. But in saying that, look, a win's a win, and you'll take them whatever way they come. But Ryan, here, Ryan Brennan, the hero, yet again. Yeah, definitely. He's got a couple of crucial goals the last one. Even last season, when maybe they weren't at their best, Ryan Brennan did step up. And I know he only got a couple of goals, but they were important goals at the time anyway. 
And uh, I'll just move over to Gary. Uh, maybe it's a tiny bit of a worry for Atlone that maybe they're starting to bigger with each other and they've lost two from two now, whereas they were playing so well before that. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, if you if you go back to the start of the season, Atlone would be delighted to be where they were. But as you say, they have lost two in the bounce. And uh, it doesn't sound good. I was smiling a bit when I when I heard Paul. But you, one of the advantages of being at these games is you do hear a lot more than you do, uh, you, you would if fans were in the gro- in the ground, and and that doesn't sound good. And it, it won't be easy for Athlone in the markets field on on Friday night because Treaty will certainly want to bounce back. And uh, I I wouldn't. I think the team spirit and everything in Treaty is top class and Tommy has put a, a very good bunch of, of players together that will fight for each other and that can often be more important than you have I mean Paul mentioned some of the big names in Athlone and when I mean big names I mean established players have played been around and played in the Premier Division quite a bit like James Duna and, and Curtis Bourne so it's probably not a good sign if they're if they are arguing among themselves so uh, Friday night will be interesting because Athlone will obviously be looking to bounce back and uh, Treaty will certainly be looking to bounce back as well. Both teams probably a little bit surprised to be as high up the table as they are but um, having started so well, uh, neither will want to start falling down the table now either. Yeah, definitely and uh, they'll be looking, as you said, looking to be bouncing Paul, back straight away. Paul, you're a man who goes to a lot of first division games. What were your thoughts initially when you saw um, this result, I suppose? Were you expecting more from Matt Lone? Uh, I, I was more shocked with Cabin Dealey beating them the week before. Um, I mean, Cabin Dealey were kind of. That. Yeah, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, I'd seen yeah. Cabo the week before, and they, they looked like they were still a bit shocked with what happened with the Galway results the week before, or a couple of weeks before. And. Um, yeah, I, I didn't expect it at all. I'd seen Athlone twice, and they play some lovely stuff. Should have be- beaten Bray by more, definitely. And UCD, UCD kind of just scored two goals from two shots and got ahead of them. And, uh, yeah, I thought they were unlucky that night, and they should have got more against Bray. Um, I'm not shocked. I think Shells, after seeing them once, can kind of grind out a result without playing that well. And that's what they've proven. I don't think they've played... I think Gary said the best he's seen was their second half against Treaty. Like any of the highlights or anything I've seen, they haven't been overly impressive, but they've been solid, as you mentioned. And uh, I think that's that's what's getting them results. And uh, at Lone, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, as Gary said as well, maybe you're a bit shocked that they're there. They're a bit shocked that they're that high up already. But uh, look, they can make they can make it up now on Friday if they. Do better against Treaty. Um, yeah, just just before you move on, but I, I think with Shells, um, you, you know, a lot of games they've kind of grinded out results and not played that well. As far as I was aware, from other people, Shells fans that with Shells didn't play well against Treaty at all, and basically robbed them. Well, they thought they'd robbed them until obviously Treaty robbed them back um, with the late <laughs> equaliser, but. A lot of people said Shells didn't play well in that game. And if you look at the game on Friday, I, I know you're in that Shells Facebook group uh, on Facebook and, you know, you could see plenty of people who they like giving out on that group, which is fine. It's a, it's a fans kind of forum yeah. type thing. Um, but they were all saying it was the best performance by Shells so far this season. I think it showed. The only thing that was missing was maybe a 2-3 goal win, but it was a 1-0 win. But it definitely, there was signs there. It was actually nice to watch. 
because I've watched Shells against Wexford and it was probably the worst game football I've ever watched earlier on in the season and Wexford had to score for Shells and uh, I think even Brendan Bre- Brendan Clark tried to defend it but then kind of ultimately admitted it to me before we we had the chat after the game you know yeah the one thing yeah. I would would say it was a different the treaty game Paul's uh, the first half treaty were definitely the better side and, and Shells didn't play well uh, substitutions helped a lot but I was really impressed with Shells in the second half even though they didn't score until the 90th minute, they really pushed Treaty back. They dominated the half, and the goals probably were coming. A draw was probably a fair result. Uh, it would have been, I think, uh, floodlit robbery, robbery if Shells had got away with the 95th minute winner. But um, did you see yeah, Darren Cleary's uh, commentator? Oh, 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 yeah, I did. I watched it back. Yeah, so actually, the Treaty fans were very impressed with the the Shelburne uh, commentary. They thought it was um, very fair. There's been a, and, and they've been complaining about quite a few of the commentators on on LOI TV, but they were very happy with the the Shelburne commentary. They thought it was proper commentary, and and I don't mind actually a bit of biased commentary. In fairness, I think a lot of fans are from the clubs, but um, they thought the. The, the commentary for the Shelburne game was um, very fair. It's just because when they when Charles obviously got the late goal that they were saying on the commentary, uh, and and he's put it up himself on his Instagram, Darren, and that it was like, oh, Shells have uh, Shells are getting um, interrogated for for daylight robbery on Treaty or whatever, and of course, obviously, Treaty went down the other end and scored and straight after that, so it just made him look a bit silly. But obviously, look, you get caught up in the moment as fans, and that's what it's all about. But you do say, I mean, if someone scores in the 95th minute and you say it's a winner, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, mm. I, I think I, I probably tweeted out at that game the Shells have won it in the 95th minute as well. So, um, the joys of football, yeah. Uh, well, I, I spoke with Brendan anyway after the game. You can check that out on Twitter. I know Paul's eager to get on to the next game, so fire ahead, Paul. <laughs> and uh, well, obviously, the next game I have is the game I was actually at on uh, last Friday. It was Cabin Daly won Cove Ramblers nil, and uh, late winner from Mitchell Byrne, his first goal for the club. Uh, it was probably coming looking at the game. The first half was a bit of a dead rubber. Both sides only really had one shot of no Kieran Marty Waters for Cabo, and then um, I think it was Christopher O'Reilly for Cove right at the start. It was, it was very scrappy, it was tight. And uh, then the second half, it opened up. Both sides were getting chances. And uh, ultimately, Cabin Teeley got in the end and smacked one home. It was uh, a real defender's finish. Jem uh, Campion put the ball across and he absolutely smacked it into the roof of the goal. I don't think he could even believe that it had fallen to his feet so close to the goal. But he buried it. And it was another good win for Cabin Teeley. Look at the situation that happened a few weeks ago. Now they're back on course. Two wins from two. And right up there with the rest of the league, which is... You know, fair juice to Pat Devlin and Eddie and Eddie Gormley as well. They've got the lads firing again and they have got some injuries too, which is affecting them. I know Keith Dalton, who did get the winner against Cork, he's been watching both, that was both an games. Own goal. Was that an own goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, crossed right. it though, he did cross it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I just thought he got it. It said somewhere that he got it. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't correcting you. I think he was trying to claim it, but it was an own goal. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's been on the sideline watching the last few weeks when I've been at Stradbrook. And uh, I, I don't know, I think he might have pulled his hamstring or something. But uh, he, he would have been starting all the time last season as well as uh, as well as this one. So it's good that they're getting results even with maybe miss, without having some of their better players. And um, 
yeah, another good win for him. Uh, lads, do you have any thoughts on Cabantini? Start with you, Paul. Just with Cabo, I said a couple of weeks ago, look, I think COVID really messed them up because they were they were going nicely, do you know what I mean? They were they were on a nice kind of steady path and uh, and grinding out results and stuff like that. And then the, the Galway game, game came and then that was obviously given as a walkover. And then they struggled out. They lost heavily to Shells. Um, or was it 2 or 3 nil against Shells that game? Yeah, 3-1. 3-1, sorry. Um, mm. So they lost that game and I think then the confidence was, was a bit low. And I know you were at one of those games and you were asking Marty Waters after the game, kind of, you know, he said that they were hurting and he said that they were affected by it. And that was before the Atlone game. And I said to Gary, I said, look, I think the, I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll get a result here. Um, because David Long was at the game against Shells and he said that Cabo, he actually said it was the worst he's ever seen from a, from a League of Ireland team, which I thought was a bit harsh. But um, mm. he said that anyway. And I said to Gary, I said, I think they'll bounce back because they were hurting, because they were eager to show other people that they, you know, they can go out and produce results and they have and I think they I, I think on their day they can beat anyone in the league I really do I think they've got a a, a good thing going there they've got good, good kind of mix of um youth and experience and I think that they'll continue to grind out results I probably foresee them finishing in the playoff positions um but I don't see them mounting like a title run now and I just think that was basically down to the the COVID mishap there a few weeks ago kind of um took them off track a little bit but it seems as though they're going right back on the track that they were on so fair play to them and yeah I, I like them they're, they're, I like the I know some of their players as well and I like them so I just I want to see them do well just purely uh, down to that as well you know yeah definitely and uh, Gary anything to add to that yeah I mean it's crucial for Cabo they've moved back up to fourth and they're probably one of these teams for the last couple of years, they were probably unlucky to miss out in the playoffs last year. I won't get into the whole thing, the whole saga with Wexford and everything like that. But uh, it is a crucial win for them. I, I, I agree. I don't see them challenging for the title. I think that's going to be between Shells and UCD, um, maybe Galway and Bray with the squads they have possibly mounting a challenge. But um, they're, they're certainly going to be contenders for the playoffs. And they're capable of beating anybody on their day. So um, one of the teams that haven't drawn a match yet, um, well, themselves in Wexford are the, are the only two, actually, and where Wexford have, won, have lost every game. But uh, everybody else has been probably involved in a few draws except Cabo. So um, it seems to be win or lose every week. But, um, yeah, a good win for them. Yeah, and uh, we'll briefly move on to uh, Cove. I mean, it's not been a great start for them. They, they ended the season quite well last year. They nearly snuck into the playoffs in the end. They were well up there right till the end. Um, is it a bit of a worry, maybe, Gary, that they've started a bit poorly? Yeah, but it's probably... I mean, Cove are one of the smallest budgets in the division as well. So, yeah, it's probably started a bit poorly. But I don't know if they would have been expected to be a lot higher... Um, I mean, if if you look at Cove, I know they they gave Galway their first win on the pitch, and that was quite a hammering. Um, they lost to Cork on the opening night. I saw them draw with Treaty, but they were playing against ten men for an hour as well. So yeah, I I, I didn't really expect Cove to challenge for the playoffs this season, and well, frankly, they're not. I mean, the, their only win has been against Wexford. And uh, I don't, I don't see Cove probably moving up the table that much. They might pick up the odd result here and there in St Coleman's Park, but um, 
it's it's probably going to be a long season for them. And it, it is a very strong first division this season. I mean, if you take the likes of Shells, I mean, have such a good, not just a good first eleven, but such a good squad and the calibre of players they can bring off the bench. Um, Bray have a very strong squad. And uh, if they get their strikers fit, they'll start firing as well. Uh, UCD have some really talented young players and, and are scoring goals for fun at the moment. And Galway have a really strong squad as well. And a full-time squad that are just probably just need some more time to click, and they're starting to click, and to to get results. So, if you take Cove up against the likes of that, then sometimes they can take a hammering because it can be really tough for the Coves and the Wexfords in this league to actually compete with that because they're small squads, mainly amateur players, and uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to compete. So, I'm not that surprise Kovar where they are on the table and I probably don't expect them to move up that much and I, I can't see them challenging for the playoffs frankly yeah yeah and I echo, uh, what, I echo what Gary says yeah they probably did overachieve a little bit towards the end last season um, we'll move on to uh, if you want to watch the interview I done with Eddie Gormley after the game a bit of aftermatch reaction you can see that now on our Twitter and Facebook pages as well unfortunately Pat Devlin couldn't do them on Friday because he was suspended for something that happened at the Atlanta game. I'm not sure. So that's why it was Eddie Gormley, if anyone was wondering. And uh, we'll move on again to Bray's first win of the season. A 2-1 win down in Galway. Maybe a bit of a shock. Joe Doyle and Gary Shaw getting the goals. I have been speaking to Gary Crom the last few weeks. He says once the strikers get back, he was going to be confident. And he's been proved right there. And Gary Shaw with a last-minute winner as well. He was unlucky not to get one against Cork the week before. Uh, lads, any thoughts on that? Start with you, Paul. Uh, just obviously with Gary Cronin, he he has struggled without a striker. I think the, the idea was obviously to get... He, they had Gary Shaw in last year, but obviously to have him in playing as their as their main striker. And uh, he even actually was, was on to me a few weeks ago about a private matter. Um, and he was texting me messaging saying, do you play up front by any chance or whatever? So he, gets, like, he was trying to make a joke, but he was basically um, saying they are just struggling without a striker because they do have good players around the pitch. It's just probably that person just put the ball and that up top uh, and that focal point that they need. Because if you look around Bray, and I think you've seen them quite a bit, Paul, they're quite a young side as well, you know, so yeah. they are learning even Brian Maher and goals quite young, even though he's a fabulous goalkeeper. Still quite young, the reserve keeper Keen Clark, he's still quite young as well. So, there's a very young squad there. You got Brandon Kavanagh is in on loan, and there's other players there. I'm sure I'm missing. Uh, I know you're a big fan of uh, is it Darren Lynch? Uh, Gary, you were a big fan of him last year, he was only 15 or 16 playing, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 he's still in school, I think. In... Yeah, he's still in school so, now, but he's one of the guys that's injured at the moment as well. So, yeah, yeah, but so if you look around the squad, it's still a very young squad. I think they were due a win. To be honest, Bray, I mean, they've, they've come in, they, they, some might say they were looking to get the win against, or to not get a win against Shells, because they drew 3-3. But, look, uh, I like Bray, I'd like to see him start doing well. I think, um, obviously, being a Shells fan, I kind of wanted to see Shells create a bit of distance from Galway, because they were a side that I was probably worried about earlier on the season. But they, they seem to be struggling a little bit, and I know you've seen them a bit, Gary, as well, Galway. I haven't seen them much this season so far so I can't really comment on their performances or anything like that and I know you've been at games like the treaty game and so on um, whereas Bray I, I think Bray will always going to be 
aiming to get that playoff spot this season. And I think if they can pick up results like they did the other night, I think they'll be fine. A bit similar to Cabo in some ways, I would say. And uh, yeah, I'd just like to see them maybe kick on a little bit. And uh, for, the, for the likes of Gary Cron, because he seems like a, a really good guy. And um, I suppose maybe in certain cases, luck hasn't gone his way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen them twice. They're about nil-nil draws. And um, the first one, like it was deserved draw. But against Cork, they probably should have won. Sometimes you watch them and they think if they just took a bit more risks, like I know without strikers, you're going to have less chance of that. But if they just took a shot maybe from outside the box. Are they too safe? Sometimes they are. Even last season towards the end, I just thought they were a tiny bit safe. Sometimes like they've got the players there, especially now with Brandon Kavanagh, the likes of Ryan Graydon. And once they get the strikers fit, I mean, I could see them doing really well. They're obviously playing Kevin Daly on Friday as well. That's a big game for both of those sides now as well. And it should be a nice one. And I'm down for that. I'm looking forward to it. Derby but, um, yeah, the Pat Devlin derby. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think with Bray, they should, be doing be- they should be doing better. And, look, maybe that'll spur them on after that win. Uh, I just wanted to say one point. Maybe is full-time football not really working out for Galway? I know it's still early on, but... You see the likes of other teams that's only part-time doing better. What do you think on that, Gary? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly one of the... It's a good from a treaty perspective. They, they allowed Mark Ludden to leave because he couldn't commit to full-time football, basically because his, his career and his job, etc. And he's been a revelation for treaty, and I don't think Galway have replaced him. So it probably is early days yet, but I think that there's already some pressure on John Caulfield because he came in last season and did incredibly well. I mean, Galway were down at the bottom of the table. He turned it around, got them into the playoffs uh, thanks to an incredible run and uh, and cost Bray the title as well by, by beating them in the Carlisle grounds and then beat them again in the playoffs. So, been a lot more pressure this season. They haven't looked as good. I thought, frankly, I thought they were very fortunate to take a point off Treaty with a 94-minute equaliser. Appear to turn things around with that big win in Cove, albeit with three penalties. But they'll be sickened to have lost that game against Bray. Um, maybe a little bit unfortunate from what I've seen in the highlights and read about it. I mean, Bray scored early and they scored late. And Gary Shaw has some incredible record of scoring goals in him and DC Park. It's some phenomenal run over the years. And uh, I'm sure they're sick of the sight of him down in Galway at this stage. Um, I still think Galway will come back. I think just the, the caliber of players they have there are just too good. And I mean, take the likes of Shane Dog and Conor McCormick. They just have players that really should be in the Premier Division. And John Caulfield is definitely a, a top manager. So I think it will it will get turned around. And but probably too late to challenge up at the top of the table with Shells, um, because Shells are going so well and Shells have. A very strong squad as well. So from that point of view, it, it is a, a big disappointment for Galway. But they'll be they'll be very dangerous come come the playoffs. I, I would expect them to be a lot higher up the table. And uh, but they are where they are for a reason. Yep, completely agree. And uh, fair enough. Another good win, a good win for Bray, a good first win for Bray. And uh, we'll move on to our final game of the week. Uh, Cork City won five nil against Wexford. Keen Murphy got a double, Dara Crowley, and this name I'm going to struggle with. I think it's Benin O'Brien Whitmarsh got two as well. 
I'm not sure. I even struggled with that the day out in Bray when he was coming on as a sub. It's just they okay. say it's so. Uh, I think you nailed just, it. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure about the first name anyway, but we'll go for that. Um, the main talking point to come out of this one, though, is that uh, Wexford's manager, Brian O'Sullivan, did leave the, cu- the club by mutual consent. Um, I, d- I don't know how what to say on that one. Maybe we go to Gary for that. I think the big story was Cork getting the final win rather than the first. Well, yeah, yeah it's a great, it's a okay. great win for them, true. But uh, I, I don't know. I just think a manager leaving should always start with it. But look, anyway... Well, Gary. That, come, that came after the game more so yeah, than, yeah. than than Ian. So yeah, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Uh, look, we'll start with a, a good win for Cork, Gary, and then manager leaving Wexford. Yeah, a great win for Cork. I mean, they, it was badly needed because they had been they had been on a bad run. I know they beat Cove in the opening day, but they, the Cork fans, they're probably the best supported club in the league, and I mean in the league, possibly not just even in the first division. And their fans would expect them to be, uh, well, they wouldn't even expect them to be in this division, first of all, but they'd certainly expect them to be up challenging, challenging for promotion instead of being down near the bottom. So th- this win may kickstart their season. Uh, time will tell. But um, from a Wexford perspective, I mean, they are, they're an amateur club on a on low budget. So I think it can be harsh to to expect much more. I mean, I think most people expect them to be down in, in the bottom couple of places. Now, they have lost every match, so that is disappointing. I saw them against Treaty, and I thought they were a little bit unfortunate to lose that game. They they played really well. They came back, they equalised, could have got something out of it. Uh, a week later, Paul was talking about the Shells game, and again, just they lost to Shells at Talca Park by an own goal. But um, I know they've since then they've shipped a, a couple of heavy defeats as well. Though um, obviously the UCD game really took the stuffing out of them, having the goalkeeper Jimmy Corkin sent off in the first minute, and then having his replacement sent off as well. So uh, it's tough to see a manager lose the, lose their job, and uh, it's it's a thankless task, and it's going to be a tough job for whoever takes over because. They are in a, a league where there are some decent budgets for a change in the first division, but it makes it much more difficult for the, the smaller budget clubs to compete with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Paul, do you have anything to add on that? Um, well, look, I, I feel kind of sorry for Wexford in some cases, and the only reason I said to you why it was the big story Cork winning because they'll be after you with the pitchforks, otherwise if you didn't give yeah. them any credit for, for, their, for their big <laughs> I was going to give it after. Oh, okay. Um because they're big fans of me anyway as you know but uh <laughs> um look I, th- I think it's massive for cork that they, they get the first win and maybe kick off from there i think they they haven't had players the experienced players like Stephen beatty has been injured and i think uh, garrod morrissey and stuff like that because i listened to him on uh, loi central that uh, Stephen beatty was on and he was saying that the you know the experienced players hadn't really been playing so you're probably going out to games kind of similar to Waterford in the Premier Division we're going out with a very young side and you're coming up against a lot of experienced players in the First Division and probably just getting uh, outbattled physically in games and that's probably why they were losing again I haven't seen much of Cork um, I've only ever only ever so far this season, I've only got to see teams that have played Shells in the First Division otherwise I've been at Premier Division games so I can't really comment on too many teams that I haven't seen but I have seen Wexford and I thought they were quite poor 
So I'm not like in that in that game. I know it was a one 0 loss, but like shells, like probably the way Gary explained earlier in the show, a bit again shells against Treaty. If you uh, look at it, they dominated that second half. It was like that for the full game against Wexford, but they just couldn't score, and that was the only thing missing was shells getting two or three goals in that game. Um, Wexford never really done anything. Um, other than defend and kind of sit back so in some ways look they're not going to have the quality of the teams towards the top end so it will be hard to get results regardless so in some ways I feel sorry for the manager but um, it is what it is and if you're not getting results unfortunately we all know it's a results driven business and maybe they're just looking for a change maybe a change suits both parties yeah yeah I agree and uh, just, just say Cork it is a great win for them I did mention last week they did stop the rot because it was four defeats in four before the nil-nil uh, draw with Bray. They were lucky to get away with nil-nil that night as well. Gary Shaw had one cleared off the line right at the end. But uh, look, that was probably a good point and maybe that'll help them now in the next few weeks. That's a good win on Friday, 5-0. And uh, maybe they'll kick on after that. Who knows? Um, I think it was, a, it was a turning point for Cork now. That has to be a turning point for them now. They have to start looking at winning games and climbing the table. I mean, you look at the the club itself. It's a massive club in Ireland, as Gary says, probably, well, if if it's not the best supporter club, it's one of the best supporter clubs in the country. So I think it, it's massive for them as a club to try and have aspirations to get straight back up into the Premier Division as soon as possible. They probably won't be able to do it now this season unless they can mount maybe a, a playoff cause because they won't be getting anywhere near promotion. If they do, I'll be totally shocked. But they'll be look. I think that'll be their target now is to try and kick on from here and get uh, a playoff spot if they can. And if not, then next season it should be aiming to win the division. That should be their goal. Um, they've got some good young players there coming through as well. Um, I just don't think that this season they're probably that well equipped to to win that many games. So they, I think they should try to win the games and maybe look at the games that they think are more possible than the others, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right there anyway. And I, as you said, I'd be shocked myself if they did end up going for promotion or even getting close to automatic promotion at the end of this season. Um, that's all the games. That's, I think that's it. We're done for this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching enjoyable chat with the lads and uh stay tuned keep liking keep subscribing and uh thanks very much for watching yeah thanks to everyone in the comments as well for getting involved there um so as i don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel as well we're at, uh, about 50 subscribers from the big 10k then we're all gonna have a big party so make sure and subscribe and if you are subscribed as well and you think your friends will enjoy some of our content why not share with them and ask them to subscribe as well help us get there thanks very much for watching guys and we'll speak to you all soon take care look thanks guys